Are essential oils in the Bible? I think a bunch of suburban moms just perked their ears up. There might be in this chapter. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. My yeah. dad is giving me a look of ridiculousness right now. Well, I, I happen to know that both your mom and your sister have these little essential oil uh, yeah, yeah. diffusers. And right. I have maybe... one in my house. All right. I mean, I don't think it cures anything. I just like <laughs> yeah. the smell of it. Okay, there we know. go. But <laughs> but um, in this text, we do see actually what we believe might be some essential oil. And so we will get to that in just a little bit. We're in John chapter 12. If you're listening to Between the Lines, I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And why don't you get started, Junior? Yeah. So six days before the Passover celebration began. You know what Passover means? I was watching a YouTube video where a guy goes out and just asks like very basic biblical questions to people. In fact, I, the I angel of death time. passing over. Yes, yeah, pass. Yeah, that's what, what it means. You're passing. So it goes back to you know when the Israelites were in Egypt and uh, the plague of the firstborn son dying and death passes over your house if you have the blood of the lamb over your doorpost. So six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he raised from the dead. Bethany is on the Mount of Olives. It's like a little suburb of Jerusalem. A dinner was prepared in Jesus's honor. And Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar, and other gospel accounts say it's an alabaster jar, so a very, very expensive jar alone, of expensive perfume. Uh, many commentators have said that this is about three years worth of minimum wage. So this would be a family heirloom. It's very likely that Mary would have received this from her mom, who would have received it from her mm -hmm. grandma. This is like people would, you know, you'd, Mary would invite people over for dinner and they would just take a look at, oh my goodness, look at what she has. It would have been on display for, for all to see. Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard. And this is where the idea of uh, essential oil comes it's from. the them. essence, yeah. yeah. It comes from the roots of a spike nard plant. I don't know. Nard just doesn't have all that no. nice of a <laughs> nice of. A but it sound. is, yeah. It's like shortened version of spike nard. Spike nard. Uh, this essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus's feet with it, curing all of his diseases. No, I'm joking. <laughs> she anointed Jesus's feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance. Now, Dad, I know you like to make fun of essential oils, but you have to admit it is a good fragrance. Yeah. It's a great fragrance, especially. Well, it could be overdone. Hey. It can be. Yeah. <laughs> depending on where you're, you know, I remember like my grandma, she passed oh, away. Boy. Rest in, in peace. Love yeah. her very much. But before she had died, her, um, her nose was kind of failing well, a little bit. She had sense never, of smell. she actually never had a sense of smell ever since I've known her. Oh, okay. And so when she kind of uh, she started falling in love with those. I, I don't know what you call those things. You plug them in the wall. Yeah, and, and then like spritz right. once in a while. It was lavender. <laughs> Lavender's yeah. right, yep. And, and it got to where her baking she, would taste like it. Oh, yeah. Well, she had it all throughout her kitchen. Yeah. It was almost like a car wash. You go through, there's like <laughs> all over and every outlet was all these lavender. So, yeah, it can definitely be overdone. But if you do think about it in the context of, of what's happening here, first century, things just didn't smell well. People didn't bathe yeah. nearly as much as we do today. Soap wasn't readily available nearly as much and as they it didn't was have septic today. systems. We didn't have septic systems. So things just smelled bad back then. Mm -hmm. So to have a house filled with this fragrance, it would have been extremely, extremely special. Yeah. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would betray uh, Jesus, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. 
Now we see years worth. I've again, I've seen three years worth. I've seen years mm-hmm. worth. Depends on like minimum wage, how much you make, all that. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Now that's actually a quote from um, the writing of Moses. So Jesus is actually quoting from the Old Testament. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. When the leading priest decided to kill, then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too, which I think is just kind of funny. I think Lazarus probably heard like, oh, you want to kill me? I've been there, done that. Just, you know, <laughs> again? That's right. For it was because of him that many people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. You know, take it you, to verse 12, Dad. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say this too. I think, and, and I've heard it put well, that I that this was the point at which Judas became angry because he was dismissed. His views were dismissed on what should have been done with that. Jesus just dismissed what he said, and that's when he decided he was going to do something. Hmm. That he was no longer, he was still with them because he was, you know, sometimes it's hard to change the direction in life that you're going because you're locked into it. And I think that's where Judas was. I've known men in ministry who they remained in ministry because they didn't know what else to do. It's just they kept going through the motions when their heart was no longer in it. And I think that's where Judas was. Verse 12, the next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. And they shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, of course, Matthew and Luke go into greater details on this, but John just is sticking more clearly to those things that lift him up as being who he is. And the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered that what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. I do like that Jesus rides in on a colt here. Because during this time when the king came in, and this is kind of what, what's well, it was taking place It was a donkey's colt, not just a yeah. colt, but a donkey's right. colt. But when a king would come into a con- you know a city that he had conquered, he'd come in powerfully, like on a horse, mm-hmm. kind of like us rolling into town, or you know you rolling into town in a Lamborghini, or so, just yeah. kind of making a statement. The president comes with a fleet of you know what is it, suburbans and Denali's and, and all of that. Jesus rolls in on like a little Vespa and this mm-hmm. little donkey. He's almost like he's making fun of the coronation of kings. Yeah, I think so. Presenting peace, many in the crowd had seen Jesus call Lazarus from the tomb raising him from the dead, and they were telling others about it. That was the reason so many went out to meet him, because they had heard about this miraculous sign. Then the Pharisees said to each other, there's nothing we can do. Look, everyone has gone after him. Yeah. And we'll get into more uh, more of that tomorrow. We'll finish the chapter out tomorrow, but we're in Psalm chapter 74 is the corresponding psalm for today. Kind of a difficult psalm, Dad. And yeah. we kind of had a hard time picking out a highlighted verse. Yeah, it's... talking about a raw psalm, as we had yesterday, this one is as well. But I think that verse 12, which is right in the middle of what David is writing, you, O God, are my king from ages past, bringing salvation to the earth. So this is where my trust is. In a time when everything else is falling apart around us, things are bad, and we are not seeing the immediate activity of God, I can rest assured that he is my king 
and will be forever. He always has been and will always be. And so I am trusting in him no matter what. Our faith is often shown, you know, because as Christians, sometimes it's really easy to get sucked into the politics. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Look at everything's falling apart. But really, our faith is shown in those moments where we can, I'm not saying don't lament, but I'm saying when our head hits the pillow, we can be confident that this just this isn't our kingdom. Yeah. And that's okay. We can just trust in him. He's yeah. going to take care of things. He will. So put your trust in him today and live confidently because of that. Hope you have a good Tuesday and look forward to being with you tomorrow. God bless. God bless.